In this, our first episode of 2024, I chat to the team from the locally developed Bindo Birding app. This app allows you to both record and share your sightings with other birders. We find out all about the story behind the app and why the Bindo team feel that the app will add value to your birding journey. The app is available on both iOS and Android. If you want more information about the app, check out their website, bindo.app. That's B-I-N-D-O dot app. My name is Adam, and I'm the host of this proudly South African birding podcast. This podcast is your number one source of news about birds, birders, destinations, conservation, gear, books, and anything that we think birders would want to hear about. Bring new life to your garden with Westerman's Wild Bird Seed. A delicious seed mix attracting a variety of wild birds to your garden. Find it at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westerman's, for the love of birds. Let's dig into this week's episode. Please note, this episode was recorded in November last year. This is why we mentioned that Birding Big Day is still coming up. But I still can't wait for you to hear all about this exciting app. So in this week's episode of the podcast, I'm chatting to the team from Bindo Birding. I have Dave Winter, who is a return guest to the show, Rob Elliott, and Nick Krobler. So I want to welcome you all to the show and looking forward to chatting to you. So I think let's to start, let's just um, allow you guys to introduce yourself. Maybe we can just start. Let's start with David or Dave, because you've been on the show before, so if people didn't hear the previous episode, just introduce yourself and off that, um, Rob, and then Nick. Cool. Thanks, Adam. Awesome to be back here. Always love your podcast and yeah, really excited to chat to you about Bindu tonight. I, I think I'm definitely the least interesting person in this group. I, um, I think as we, as we covered on the previous podcast, I'm a, I'm a, I guess I'm a, I'm a birder. I've been birding for about 35 years. I'm from Cape Town and, um, I've also been working in, in, in tech, in technology for about, uh, 15 years. So I'm, I'm very passionate about birding and, and solving problems for birders. And that's, and that's what brought me to Bindu. It's uh, it really is uh, an app that's trying to solve some real world and interesting problems for I guess modern day birders. Um, so that's me. Yeah, thanks. Um, congrats on the podcast, Adam. Thanks for having us on. Um, yeah, I'm, my my background is uh, in in tech. I'm a data scientist uh, by training. Um, definitely, um, always been a keen birder. But I think I realized uh, when I started out this journey with, uh, with Bindu that um, I, was a, I was a lightweight and I'm, I'm slowly dipping my toes in and, and, and loving it. And, and it's, it's incredibly challenging, but it's, it's been such a fantastic journey. So I look after the, uh, the, the technical stuff, uh, the, the app and, and the back end and some of the data work that we do as well. Um, yeah. So my name is Nick. Uh, I met Rob just at a previous uh, startup and I wasn't a birder before. So for me, I think coming in as someone new to birding, it's been quite an adventure. And I, I work on some of the design and the, the branding and the uh, creative elements and assets. Um, but I think, yeah, also just being quite hands-on and getting into it and birding a bit myself has been uh, has been great learning curve and also kind of a humbling experience working with, with, with people on a, on a project like this. It's been um, really quite a privilege and definitely a way to, to really engage with the world in a, in a different way. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. So 
Nick, I'm interested to, uh, maybe Rob could also um, jump on here a little bit, but, you know, just before we even chat about the Bundu app, what I'm, I'm interested to know about is, you know, you spoke about the fact that you came in as a as an outsider, you know, you weren't in the world of birding before you weren't a birder. So tell us about some of the things that you've observed about birding, because, you know, we think we're quite normal and everybody else is quite weird, but I think for the outsider, I think birding can, birders can be quite weird, obsessive. And what are some observations, you know, just as an outsider that you've observed about birders as you've worked on this process? Yeah, I think it's been eye-opening. I think that, you know, as I said, I used to to think that I was a birder. (laughs) And um, I would, would, you know, we'd we'd go up river on the boat and we'd we'd see what we could see and we'd, you know, get home and look look through the book and chat about birds and, uh, you know, we were, it was very much a holiday, sort of leisurely activity. Um, we weren't doing a lot of listing, although we'd, we'd scribble a little pencil note in the uh, the yellow Newmans um, or, uh, or uh, Sassel or something like that. And um, so, so coming coming around and, and as I said, sort of really getting to know the community. I mean, it's just it's just an incredible community, and I think I think the, the you know. Birding is one is one part of it, um, but it's just an it's just a really engaging group of people who are out in nature. You know, I mean, we have we have a quite an active city of Cape Town group this year, and it's just been fantastic to see people roping in each other for lifts and going on walks in interesting areas and interesting reserves and seeing caracals and snakes and of course. Uh, an incredible number of amazing sightings and excitement around those, but just a yeah, just a phenomenal community. And um, I'm fortunate enough to travel a little bit this year and around Southern Africa and um, and, and and see a few really nice birds. Um, and so yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a really like a, a hobby. And uh, you know, it is a it is <laughs> there is obviously this. Um, uh, uh, this competitive element to it, which, um, which some of which I wasn't expecting, um, and, I, and I even guess some uh, partially some anxiety that can can happen when you know when, when if you've got a thick day of work and and a, and a sighting uh, you know gets called a couple of hours away and the, the temptation to to drop a call and to get in the car and or seeing other people going to to, to go and get it. Um, but a lot of yeah, just a lot of fun and a lot of excitement generally. Um, yeah, I love, I've, I've loved it. I mean, Nick, Nick can tell you about um, his uh, seemingly eye-opening experience on uh, I think flock to Marion last year. <laughs> I let him take over. Yeah, so I think flock to Marion was um, I don't know, it's like a I suppose baptism by something. It was <laughs> quite a uh, eye-opening experience being on a boat with like 1,200 very obsessive birders. I still remember the first day just standing on the side of the boat. Uh, it was like a pelagic trip uh, for seven days. And, you know, there's like hundreds of people just standing there with all their flipping, even camouflage, um, long lenses and things. And I still remember, I think actually Dave gave me the biggest fight because he shouted there from behind me, like, you know, seeing some storm pit or something. And like, I mean, it was a lot of action and a lot of energy um, that I, I kind of didn't associate with birding. I suppose a little bit different on a boat, but um, there's definitely been some 
some surprises. I, the other day I actually went to, to Christenbosch with Dave and I did not think that he would be uh, running at our, at our visit to Christenbosch, but he, he definitely had a little a little run because he, he spotted what he, he, he thought was maybe a, um, a Eleanor's falcon. And um, I think moments like that uh, was definitely not something I expected uh, getting into birding. And also just on the boat, the, the energy, I mean, this was actually quite hilarious. There was, so we were all on a cruise ship together and a proper cruise ship with, you know, uh, including restaurants and a casino and everything. And for this seven days, whenever you went through this casino, it was just like a ghost town. There was nobody, it was just the staff. But every now and then, you know, somebody would call a, a bird call from the one side of the ship and it would be radio to the other side and there'd literally be people running through the casinos, you know, wet from the, the rain and wind and whatever with all their gear from the one side to the next. Um, I mean, I suppose it doesn't get all that, a lot of action like that all the time, but there's definitely a, a, a obsessive um, search for, for sightings and um, I think I'm still quite quite new to it, and it's definitely, as you say, quite quite strange. I wouldn't. I said Dave keeps telling me that you that I'm a birder now, but I still feel like I, I'm scratching the surface. We got you guys on the show. You guys have obviously put together a fantastic app, and really excited to hear about the app. But before we get to that, you know, I'm going to start with a question I always ask when I, when it comes to apps. And as much as you guys have put together a fantastic app and that type of thing, you know, there's a a lot of people go into the wild to get away from technology. And now you're saying, guys, use technology to connect with nature. Isn't isn't a little bit of a – doesn't it kind of go against the grain of what we're looking to do as birders? I mean, we're, looking, we're trying to escape the world. We're on, we're on technology every day. And now you're saying you've got an app that's got technology. Use it in the field. It's going to help you. You know, Isn't it a bit of a contradiction? Yeah, good question, Adam. I think that's – I think it is. I think partially. Um, and, I, and, you know, I – I love disconnecting um, and getting away from tech, especially being a, a sort of a, a software engineer. Um, so I, I, I guess, I, I, you know, I, I guess with a lot of birders, um, you know, birding, um, not just, you know, when they're away and when they're on, on, on holiday. So it's sort of a, a, a very active hobby. Um, and, you know, we, 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 we think about it a lot, I think, from a design perspective, from the way we build the app, um, from the way we talk uh, about the app, in the community, we do think, and for example, we've included ways that um, you can uh, sort of assign a, a lister um, and you can put a few people into a group and then you've got one person who, if you're going out with a couple of people, you've got one person who can do the listing for the day. So Big Birding Day is a good example where you can create a little group and um, just assign a, a, a lister so that not everyone has to be not everyone has to be on the app. So we think about it a lot. And I guess we, you know, we, the, the, whole, uh, the whole debate, of, uh, you know, around technology, uh, we're, we're certainly trying to, we'd rather people were, you know, encouraged by looking at other, and sharing sightings and looking at other people's sightings, interesting birding that they've been doing over the weekend to motivate them to actually get up and get out and, and, and you know, take a walk or take a drive with some birding friends and, and, and you know, go see some birds and you know, get out into nature. So, although although it's it's definitely sometimes out there, and I think every now and again it's good to just put the to put the put the camera away, put the phone away, you know, just sit quietly at a at a waterhole and see what you can see. We also, 
we encourage that and we have ways of being able to catch up with sighting. So you can, you know, later on that evening on, on, the, on the sofa, you can go back and, and drop pins of, of what you saw and, um, you know, sort of look after your list that way. So, I, but I, I think you're right. I think we, we, we've, we've got to continuously challenge ourselves with this, with this, with this idea. And, um, you know, we, we, it's an important part for us. And I think, you know, getting people out into nature is all very well, but, you know, ensuring that um, people have a, are able to take a break from their, you know, their everyday life is also important. So, you know, people want to get away from notifications and that sort of thing. Um, but it's, it's, it's part of the, it's, it's part of our sort of our thinking, our design thinking. Um, and maybe Nick can talk a little bit more about, um, about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I really actually ask myself the question now and then it's like, wow, are we, what are we actually doing or creating? You know, even if you, even if someone is just testing out the app or spending time with it, um, I definitely have a, uh, I'm conscious about overuse or, you know, we are, and yeah, I do design work, so I'm with my computer every day and working on apps, you end up spending even more time on these apps. And so sometimes I also ask myself a question, you know, how do we actually design this app so that at certain times, especially when you're out, that you use it as little as possible, um, you know, and just in terms of its performance or its ease of use or all those things, I really think about that. But then on the other side, just, I mean, if I think of myself, my birding experience, um, the the almost like the layer, the observation layer, or the awareness of you know where the sightings are, or what the landscape looks like, or you know being aware, like Rob said, of where other people are birding, definitely uh, gives you know you some 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 energy to to also be on the lookout. I can just think about it this weekend on. Sunday actually was in Myberg Ravine in Hart Bay and we were walking and I started a little Atlas list, which I'm kind of getting into a little bit. And we were leaving on our way home and I'd literally open Google Maps and I would look for just, you know, is there some water anywhere? Is there a little body of water? There might be some other birds. And we ended up at the top of the Dyser River. There was a, a little dam. And I, the person I was with grew up in Hart Bay and they'd never been to this little little dam. And there was, has been for me many experiences like that where I've been to places. Uh, I mean, even there, there wasn't that many birds, but there were some 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 good uh, good sightings too. But just going to a place that I wouldn't have otherwise gone to, especially in Cape Town, I've been to you know like Waldorf Clay or you know, Strandfontein, um, a lot of spots which was not a likely destination for me, and now has become that. And also just seeing the landscape in an entirely different way. And I, I think, I mean, you, of course, you don't need an app to realize these things necessarily, but there's definitely a sense of awareness or spatial awareness, uh, exploring or seeing what other people are doing or just being aware of your kind of list in a specific area or, you know, like a pentad or, a, or, a, or a, just an area. And we've pushed quite hard to design um it's not featuring that strongly or that easy to get to an app yet, but there's a very powerful feature at the moment where uh, your sightings get automatically added to, to areas, which I suppose function a bit like hotspots, but it's very much uh, geographic-based kind of borders. And um, it's very interesting to you know look through these and, and give you almost like a, a push to 
to just go back to certain spaces as well. And um, I think, as with many things in our lives, the phone has become almost like a you know extra type of extension of ourselves. And whether we like it or not, it, it, there's definitely some very powerful and amazing observational uh, things that come with it. But I have to say, it's a it's an ongoing challenge, and I, I don't think we've you know arrived or solved it. It's definitely a big concern, and we are um, we have a top of mind and, and want to work, of course, together to people with people to you know achieve something that has a, a great balance in terms of you know being present, um, enjoying, and looking up, not looking down. Um, but it's also I think it's a skill you develop over time. Um, to 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 be able to use a use a device, uh, you know, I was very impressed going, say, with uh, Michael Buckham, uh, one of the birders uses the app a lot, and I've been with him say to Strandfontein, and it was weird. I was like looking, and I was like, I, I didn't even notice him using the app, but look after we were there, I was like, wow, he added all these sightings. I don't know how he does it, <laughs> like in the car or something between moving around, but. Is definitely um, yeah a, a way to do it. And I think maybe maybe Dave can also speak a bit more to that. He's been building up a lot longer than, than me. Before Dave chats, I'm going to jump around a little bit. Um, so for the linear thinkers, we're going all over the place. But you know, you mentioned birding big day coming up in it'll be coming up beginning of December. So I, I use the Birdlasser app. Uh, Dave would know I'm a passionate atlaser. It's it's you know what I I would say. Before I'm a bird, I'm an atlas. I love atlasing. I use the bird lasso app every day. And one of the the frustrations I have is every time there's one of these new apps that comes out, I've got to kind of like you try to integrate the two. And I have to. So how 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 would that work? So if a birder, for example, birding big day decides they want to go out, they would like to use the the the, the app. How would that look? Would they still have to log on um, bird lasso? How would that look? And that might just speak into what Nick was saying to you, uh, Dave, about that. So just tell me that 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 kind of thinking, how that would work. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, Adam, like you, I'm also a passionate atlaser. I've been atlasing for years. I'm, I'm also one of the regional atlas committee vetters in the Western Cape. So I'm, 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 I'm very involved in the atlas project. And you know, atlasing is very, very, very close to my heart. And it speaks to one of our, I guess, our core principles around, um, I guess, being a local app. So we we're very focused on Southern Africa and we want to solve problems for Southern African birders and really prove out the idea and the concept before we, you know, consider looking, looking beyond this region. Um, and we see, we see, I guess a, a second principle is also conservation. So we see data collection, you know, collection of bird data has been really important, be it for the bird atlas or even for eBird. You know, we see that, you know, those are two distinctly different protocols, but I think they both do very important work to collect bird data. And that's, and that's core to what we're doing. So we've actually built atlasing features as well as eBird features into into Bindu. And so you could um, you can you can log in Bindu, and when you when you end a when you end a list, you automatically then get emailed a bird lasso list, a CSV as well as an eBird list, which you can then upload to both of those to both eBird and to Bird Lasso. But to answer your specific question about birding big day, because Bird Lasso actually administers the day, if you want your totals to be updated live um, you would have to do it directly in, in bird lasso but you could log it in bindu and then at the end of the day you could end in the end the list for that day upload it and you could then um you'll then be added to the uh, birding big day total 
the other the other um, I think feature to mention in Bindu is that if you think about if if, if you look at other apps, you can you can only run one list at a time. So if you if you create a list in BirdLasso, you have to be in that list to add a bird to that list. So when you move between Pentads, you're then working with different lists. Whereas with Bindu, we've we, we've we've created this idea where sightings aren't linked directly to lists. You can think about lists kind of like filters. So when you're going about your birding and you you know going to different areas, you can just log your sightings, and then you can actually create multiple lists based on those sightings. So if you're going to multiple locations, you can then divide up that day's birding into each of those locations by creating independent lists, or you could have a list for the entire day. And the same idea spans for, say, for example, a weekend or a Kruger trip. If you're going to Kruger for two weeks, you could start a Kruger trip and log your sightings. And then when you're in, when you, when you, when you're in each camp, you could also then start Atlas, uh, Atlas cards or create maybe camp lists. But the whole time, you're just logging birds once. And what will happen is Bindu will allocate those sightings to each a relevant list. Then when you get to the end of your two-week trip, you can end the list and you've got a total trip list spanning the two weeks, but you'll also have lists within that which, you, which you've created. So the, the listing feature within Bindu is also, also very powerful. As always, the Birding Life is proud to be associated with Sarofsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Part, Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. One of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop. We sell optics, books, Westerman's products, and a whole lot more. Check out the shop on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. If you need any help with any of the products, please don't hesitate to email us on info at thebirdinglife.com. So let's rewind right back to the beginning. Um, I know we've kind of jumped and we've spoken a whole lot of things, but let's go right back to the beginning. Um, Rob, can you tell us a bit about the backstory of the Bundu app? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, I've, um, although I'm a, a data scientist and techie, I think I've, um, I, was, I was very lucky to, to grow up um, you know, on camping trips around Southern Africa. And my... My father had a uh, had a, a huge map in the garage um, of Southern Africa, which he meticulously marked out every single one of our little camping trips um, with a, a beautiful key, and it was absolutely covered. We had, we had you know covered each all all the corners of Southern Africa, and it was such a, a incredible and still is. My mum still got it. It's such an incredible um, bit of like uh, history for us like a record of, of where we've been and what we've done. Um, and it, it sort of set off this idea in me of, you know, what would that look like in the, you know, in the future with, with technology and being able to share that with friends and family. Um, I think the second sort of catalyst was, I mean, I remember it was probably 2013. I don't remember around then. But, and and I, I, I've met so many people who said the same thing, but the... The seeing, I remember it was, I think it was on CNN, uh, seeing a, a few thousand kids screaming and running across Central Park in the middle of winter. And it was uh, when Pokemon Go had launched, and they were um, running around trying to find these colorful little creatures, you know, some are rare, some are a bit more common. And, and it, just, it just occurred to me how, how activated they were to, to play this game. Um, and I, but but I was I was utterly frustrated because 
you know, being a South African, uh, we've got, and, you know, I guess this is a great thing about birds. Everyone's got them, but um, we've got these beautiful, colorful creatures, you know, that are real. Um, and some of them are rare and some of them are a bit more common. But it just showed me, you know, maybe the challenge of, you know, bringing the next generation into a space where they can really appreciate nature. And I think when people appreciate and, and love nature, that they, you know, they're going to give back into nature um, through conservation. And, um, you know, we, we also know it's getting outdoors and getting some exercise, good for your mental health. So there's just, there's just a lot of benefits. But those are the two, um, those are the two drivers of the, the thinking. Um, now, we, we also started um, a, uh, involved around the same time as Pokemon Go in a, a custodians, um, uh, a, a trust called Custodians, which the Conservation Trust, and we were looking at ways of, of kind of activating people as well as, uh, as well as looking for revenue models that could, you know, be plowed into where the, where the profits could be plowed back into, into conservation. So that was a uh, that was a the, the, the sort of catalyst to starting to put the team together and to start you know sitting around and thinking about data driven solutions and really loved as I mentioned the idea of using maps and and collecting you know a record of your of your experiences in in, in nature and I think Strava was you know was was critical in 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 showing how you can take so the ideas a little bit I guess in, in Pokemon Go but. Strava was a you know a, a great tool that you know we all started picking up um, and using, and it, it showed how um, you know segments and leaderboards could be curated and put together to to really activate uh, a community, but then also um, groups of friends to encourage each other to get out um, to kind of hold each other responsible a little bit. Um, and to, I guess, just have you know, make something that that can be quite serious, uh, you know, a little bit lighter and, and, a, and a bit more fun. So, those were the those were the 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 core pillars of of the idea. Um, we looked and 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 you know, initially at, at being able to have a not an iNaturalist type app, but a you know, broad category type app. And, and, and I still think there's some merit, you know, maybe in the future of allowing people to, to you know, add different categories, mammals or, um, you know, into the app. But uh, the birding community, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're going, um, you don't need to go to Kruger. You don't need to go to a, a nature reserve to, to bird. You know, I think it's very accessible. It's in people's gardens. It's in cities. It's in sewage dumps. Um, so... It's also just this, this this incredibly activated and engaging community who are quite competitive and um, you know and and very active. So th- that that's sort of the origin story of of, of where we started with with uh, with Bindu. And I think that you know, I've been my whole life I've been been building conservation technology really since I was at school. Um, I remember my first computer science project. I built like a a farm management tool in 1996 or something for a, a game reserve. Um, and I've always just wanted to come back and, you know, if, if I think, I don't know if it's the Japanese phrase of Ikigai, but to, to find a place where I could again apply the experience and the skills that I'd, 
that I'd um, gained in a, in a context that, that really mattered. Um, you know, we've obviously spoken about the app and we've, I've asked a whole lot of questions. We've got all over the place in terms of the questions. But, you know, if somebody were to pick their phone up right now and download the app, what would they experience? What does the, the user interface look like and how would somebody, what, how would somebody about, go about using the app? Tell us about the app. Sure. Um, well, if, 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 I, if, if I hold some back, it's just because we want to you know, maintain some mystery so people actually go and uh, check it out <laughs> and have a look um, without giving it all away. No, um, no so I think um, you know, uh, there's a fundamental part, which is uh, like a social network, um, you know, which you, know, you can find people and you can follow people and there's a, a, a feed of activity. Um, there's then the core part of the app is being able to to log sightings, and we do quite a lot of work uh, as a as a data scientist, and we, we try and be as data driven um, as we can. So you know when you go to log a sighting, we work over a, a lot of SABAP data, and we try and find the birds that you're most likely to see that time of year in um, in that area that you are, that you're in. Um, we again trying to make things as easy as possible, get people off their phones. We use an alpha code system for searching, so you can search quite quickly. Yellowbill Duck is just YBD, for example. Um, you then um, move on to listing, and listing um, is, as Dave went through a little bit, there's, it's sort of multifaceted. You can quickly add a, a quick list if you're just going for a little walk. Um, you can add a custom list. So if you want to go back and you know, you, maybe you're birding the whole morning, but you forgot to, you know, add a list for as you went in and out of uh, uh, Kirstenbosch, you can go back, just timestamp the, the start and the end, give it a nice name, um, it'll appear up, and you can add some photos as well um, to the list and to sightings individually. Um, if you if you uh, if you included a, an observer, a SABAP uh, observer ID. Um, in your profile, you'll get an option to Atlas. So we're the, only the second app um, after BirdLasser to uh, integrate directly with, uh, with SAWAP. And then you will get a nice geofence, be able to see a nice geofence in your list um, for the Pentad. And um, yeah, you can go about your day, obviously, birding and, and, and go edit your, your Atlas, uh, your sort of protocol checkboxes that you're required to, to fill in. Just mark it off as a, a full protocol um, list, and then you can submit that, to which goes directly to SABAP. Um, you can also export each of your lists. You have an option in your profile. You can, uh, exp every time you end a list, you get an, ex an email with an eBird export and a, and a BirdLass export. Um, and then you know, a, a, really, a really cool feature, which is, a, which is you know, directly... From taken from Strava, which is a, this idea of, of segments, um, sort of segments in Strava. So we've added over 220 um, birding areas in South Africa. So these are geofenced areas. An area could be a province or it could be a small park um, down the road. Um, so we've geofenced that. Think of them a little bit like um, eBird hotspots, um, except instead of a a particular spot there's actually a geofence with a nice buffer around it um, that you can and then uh, you know you don't need to say oh, I'm birding in this area you don't need to select it 
by virtue of the fact that you are birding in that area, your your you know your birds will be added into the, the total and to the leaderboard for those areas. And we we we've done quite a bit of work to in some of those areas to identify some of the special uh, the sort of specials for those areas. So if you're going to Hrutvaresbos, you can open up the app, go to Hrutvaresbos, and you can see some of the unique birds that Hrutvaresbos uh, offers, as well as the sightings that uh, people have seen. We show a really nice list of highlights that have been seen in that area recently, and then a number of leaderboards, so your daily leaderboards, monthly, annual leaderboards, that sort of thing. We also recognize people who um, in those areas, which are sort of going above and beyond. So we recognize people who, who contribute the most lists to those areas. Um, the person who's seen the most birds, who you're, you're akin to a king of a mountain for that area. Um, and um, the person who has the highest single day total for that area as well. So that's sort of the overview. There's a lot more. We, we also have an explore page. So the, the, the app sort of fundamentally always, you always land up on, on a, what we call the explore map page, um, which is a, an in-app map. Um, it's, a, it's a heat map when there are a lot of sightings and if there are, I think it's less than a few hundred sightings, you get pins. But it's a, it's a, it's a lack of way to go around, browse around South Africa. If you've got a trip to a new area, go and have a look at the recent sightings in that area. You can even see who's listing in that area. You can see recent photographs taken in that area. Um, and you can go in and, and check individual sighting pins as well. So yeah, that's the app. Um, we have a there's a web there's a there's a light web version of the app as well, um, where you know if you if you share a, you can share your own sightings and you can share your lists. So you can send those out in WhatsApp groups um, for like rare bird sightings or, and that pulls up a really nice public um, view of the sighting with a pin and directions to get there or a, a really nice list. In fact, the first time we started that, it was on uh, it was, you know, sort of without a few test users uh, or just us, the team really, on our way to Flock to Marin. And we had, um, we had a lot of uh, seasick um, birders sitting at home on the, on the couch watching the, the Flock to Marin trip. Uh, pins pop up on the website as we went along. So it was a really nice, uh, nice little way of you know, being able to get people who aren't in the app to kind of uh, tag along. Yeah, that's fundamentally the app. I obviously love people to, to dive in and to, to try it out for themselves. Um, we, we've got a lot, like as Nick said, we, we haven't arrived. <laughs> we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and we're doing that every day. We sit down and we, we talk about how we can um, make things better, um, what we need to fix, um, you know, and, and, and new features that we can add and, new, and some features that we need to take out so that we, you know, we don't make it too complicated. Yeah, what's quite cool is, I mean, just opening the app up now, I mean, I can see, it's, I can stalk Dave. On 12th of November, we can see where we went, see where we went birding, see the sightings he got, there's photos here. And, you know, it almost, it's almost like Facebook on Facebook and uh, bird lasso together. So you're able to almost see where you saw the birds, what you saw. And also get photos, and it's 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 nice. Like you like you were talking about the flock to Marion thing. Now, it almost brings people into your world, and you're able to go and actually celebrate what other people have seen, and also yeah, target some other species. So it's it's really it's, it's a nice, simple interface. And I think for people that are familiar with 
things like Facebook and that kind of thing. It's it's got a very similar feel, which is not a not a bad thing because it's there's a familiarity to it. At the same time, also adding extra things that Facebook doesn't uh, feature because they're not obviously targeting birders. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the, the features I, I didn't mention there was actually um, we've we've sort of changed the way you have a relationship with birds as well. So. Um, um, you, you have a really nice profile page where you've got all your lists and you can go through all of them. But if you actually go into a bird, if you actually tap on a bird, um, you can go in and you can see all your your records for that bird. So you can see where you, where your life was, where your last sighting of that bird was. Um, you can see all the photographs that you've taken of that bird. So it's a really nice way for a, you know, someone who's keen on photography to kind of collect uh, and collate the the you know some nice photos and share them with uh, with people in the community as well. So we try to we try to uh, you know make it um, uh, quite uh, engaging from a uh, you know an, an image perspective. We use um, you know nice maps and we've got we're not a field guide at all. Um, we've got some really nice photos um, in the when you when you actually click, uh, tap on a bird and we try to make we try to ensure that the photos help you. You know, potentially be able to uh, touch up a, a, an ID if you if you need to. Um, we, we do we do also quite a lot of work. I mean, so that's on the on the UI side. That's what you're seeing. There's a lot of work that happens in the background. So we we constantly. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure this resonates with a lot of people. We're constantly uh, managing um, taxonomic changes. Um, so there've been some some big changes um, in the last month. Which you would have heard uh, coming through from Clements, um, but every year we 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 get together and we update, we map across IOC BirdLife, um, BirdLife South Africa specifically, um, and Clements. Um, so we do quite a lot of work there. We score every single sighting, so every single sighting in Southern Africa gets a sort of under the hood, um, gets like a you can think of it like a probability score. But we do some um, clustering and, and uh, to kind of figure out, you know, whether or not that would be uh, constitute a, uh, an unusual sighting um, or potentially something that requires a little bit more verification. So we we occasionally might ask people to to provide some um, verification for some sightings as well. Um, but yeah. That uh, the, the idea is that, uh, and, and Dave was uh, quite instrumental in driving this as well. Was you know he's got I think he he has a I don't know if it's a hundred or little notebooks from his early days of birding. You know when you'd go out and literally write with a pen and pencil. Uh, you know what you were seeing and and to it really it, and again coming back to the map that it, it really needs to be it should be it should actually be able to exist on its own without the social network part. It should be a place where you can go really enjoy adding your sightings, adding your photos, moving around your data um, and being able to experience and relive and remember trips, um, you know, comments, that sort of thing uh, with, with friends um, and, and just really enjoy it on your own, regardless of, you know, whether or not you, sort of partake in the in the social side of things so yeah so it's a fantastic interface uh really looking really really cool um so we've spoken about what it does now um you know let's just talk about how does the future look you mean the the app is fantastic you speak about these constant 
improvements that are happening on the app and it's, it's a really awesome app already but what does the future look like i mean you've obviously you've launched it you've got people using it what does the future of the app look like and what what do you what how do you see what are some things that that might come up on the app in the future i think so i mean it's obviously early days and a key a key thing we need to achieve in the app is i think getting you know a critical number of people using the app because that's really where a lot of the magic happens adam like you like 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 you and i've chatted before it's uh there's a lot of power in connecting with other birders and learning from them. And so that, that's a big focus for us, getting getting more people into the app, using the app, seeing the value. Um, I mean, the app's, like Rob said, the app, app's quite different in that. It's very it's very data-driven. And we'd love to move to, a, I guess, a position where, like Rob said, you know, you've, you've basically got your own personalized notebook in the app where you've got all your data, your photos. And, you know, we could then start serving up experiences like you see, I'm not sure if you use Google Photo, but you often get prompts saying, you know, a photo from 12 years ago or 10 years ago, or, and it's it's always great to go back and relive those experiences. So we 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 see the app very much as a way for birders to, I guess, capture their birding experiences. So when they're going out, they're logging birds, they're adding photos, um, they're adding friends to that list if there were other people with them, and then in time they can go back and revisit those. So you can go and look, you know, how many times you've been struggling ten. So you really own your data. You can really analyze it. And you can really sort of make it your own. Um, then I think you know, like with like with Strava, you know, we want to we we starting in this in, in this region. We really really want to get it right, and then you know when we when we see some success here and, and some scale and, and really good sort of activation and usage, you know, we'll look to move it probably into other regions in Africa. We're very focused on sort of keeping it local, being very engaged with the community. We don't want to boil the ocean. Um, you know, there are um, you know apps that have tried to you know, launch in multiple markets. I mean, I, I see that as a huge challenge. Every market's different. Every, you know, birders at their core are the same, but, you know, every market has sort of different, different, different nuances. So we want to, I guess, scale in a sort of a, a measured, um, meaningful way that we can really make sure we're solving real problems for birders and, and doing it sort of in the right way. And then just, just a question, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of movement towards the moment. I know Bird Life South Africa is involved in like getting – bird names and local languages is that something that would would possibly happen in the future which obviously would make the app more inclusive for uh the a broader demographic in south africa yeah uh, great question we've actually we've, they're, they're all it's all mapped in the in the database um and uh, we we just again coming around to 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 getting it out in the into the app um so to allow people to have you know to be able to pre- use a preferred Afrikaans name or Isikosa name for the for the birds um, in the app is a, is a priority and, and and I think that it touches on a on a one of the, the one of our sort of key goals in the future which is to you know elevate uh, the the profile of of birders particularly um, you know in community guides for example um, and to look at, at ways to incentivize them to. A, to raise their profile so that, you know, they can, uh, you know, if, if I'm going birding and I'm, I'm going to Net, maybe I can connect with the community guide there. Um, you know, I can have a look in the app and see, uh, you know, th- this guy's a, a pro in that area and he can take me to the, you know, all the secret spots. Um, and and as, as well as encourage and incentivize those people in a broader community to get out and to, to Atlas because we know that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of areas in South Africa that are uh, you know, lacking data, and I think 
even the Sabap map goes so far, um, Sabap 2 map goes so far in, in showing areas that are missing data. But I, I suspect if you, if you had to look at the last five years, um, you know, to change the map and, and, and look at the last five years, you'd, you'd probably see a lot of areas that aren't, you know, aren't too remote, but that are still missing, uh, you know, missing data. So we want to incentivize people um, to get out and to, you know, we, whether we run competitions or um, just recognize people in the app to, to try and encourage that kind of behavior. We're also looking to, you know, in future, you know, if, 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 if you've got someone out and they, you know, seeing a, you know, a beautiful Lamachaya, uh, you know, potentially at that moment as they log that, you know, be able to connect them with a, a conservation project um, for that, that species in the area. Um, because when people are out and they, you know, they, they're motivated and they're seeing the sort of majesty of those birds in those areas, I think they're most moved to, you know, be able to to partake and participate in, in helping, you know, preserve those. And and not just it might not it might it might also be um, communities in the area who are you know protecting a particular area, not just around birds. But uh, we, we we definitely you know we, we definitely want to we want to broaden access um, to the app and um, you know, make it as inclusive as we can um, in the in, in Southern Africa and. and beyond and to further into Africa. So yeah, just the last question. Obviously, it's quite easy to, uh, I'm not going to uh, ask how people how to download because you obviously go to the, one of the Play Stores. It's B-I-N-D-O. Um, so if somebody wants more inf- information about the app, is there an email address or someone they can contact if they've got questions or they want to know anything? Who can they contact? Yeah, there's a there's a, there's a a website which will tell you a little bit about the app. Um you, uh, it, it, people are welcome to, to email support at bindu.app that uh, comes directly through to me and I'll see that um, and our social channels as well we're uh, Bindu Birding on Instagram um, so you can you can ping us there um, yeah we um, yeah, happy to help out if anyone's having any, any trouble signing up or um, you know wants to learn a little bit more about the app. We, we are coming out with a, a series of, of webinars and, and video tutorials on the app. Um, it's an area that we've been quite light on. Um, so we're going to be looking at that and sending those out in the next few weeks. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. If you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes, feel free to drop us an email on info at com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to get to know you better. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.